Encuentra en The Home Depot nuestros mejores ahorros de temporada en almacenaje seleccionado, hecho para ti. Obtén cajas resistentes HDX para proteger tus herramientas o almacenar tu equipo deportivo con su tapa reforzada con cierres y un diseño apilable para conservar tus decoraciones navideñas, como series de luces y estos muchachos. Ahorra más con hasta 25% menos en almacenaje seleccionado por Internet en The Home Depot. Haces más, logras más. En The Home Depot puedes encontrar soluciones de almacenamiento que se adapten a tus necesidades, como estantes industriales Husky, con una capacidad de carga de hasta 2,500 libras por estante. Así que, sí, puedes soportar el peso de tus pesas, herramientas, cajas con todos tus recuerdos y más. Porque el sistema de almacenamiento adecuado debe ajustarse a lo que tú necesitas. Ahorra más con hasta 25% menos en almacenaje seleccionado por Internet. The Home Depot. Haces más. Logras más. Uh, welcome back to the True Jordy podcast. Don't know what we're going to call this one. We could, we could sort of embellish. We met Will Smith. Yeah, absolutely. Meeting uh, Will Smith. Will Smith live. We were, we were, we could spit on him. What? I wouldn't. All oh, right. But we could have done. We were that close. We to could him. have project our spot. and Idris Elba. Yes. What? Who's dropping names? Uh, and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Well, yeah. And he, he he sung the praises of Jazzy Jeff, and I was kind of like, didn't really do anything with anyone else, though, did he? No, but for that very moment, you go, good thing he did there. Drums, please. Chicka, 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 chicka. Summer, summer, summertime. Uh, summertime. Uh, Time to uh, sit back and unwind. Uh, Ooh, yeah. summer. Here it is. Groove, slap, transform. <laughs> Just a bit of a, a break, break from, from the, the norm. norm. Okay. Just a, okay. okay, okay. We, 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 we were there last night. Just we a little high. something to break the monotony we, of all those hardcore podcasts that have gotten to be okay, a little bit okay, out okay, of control. Okay. But it's cool to this talk. Is, But what about awkward. a podcast that grooves sort of and moves awkward. romance? We're not there now, though. Give we're me a soft, now. subtle chat. We're not there okay. now. Don't um, try to fix it. We're not there okay. now. Well, uh, so I managed to wangle us some tickets to go and uh, see Will Smith and Idris Elba. Absolutely. We, we did have to sit in the disabled section and Brian did have to take a wheelchair, but it was good. So I didn't. He actually. didn't actually. But I tell you now, the lack of leg room. I would have bloody loved to be in the disabled section. Yes, and and you know what? They they those people deserve. Ironically, that area. I kind of played on um, my anxiety to get your ticket. <laughs> Long story. Yeah, uh, but, I but did it did say, work. I basically said my carer needs to come. If I can't go with a friend, I'm not coming. Right, and, and that they, works. Ultimately, I'm very grateful for your anxiety. At this no, point. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, How is your mental health, by the way? Still, uh, uh, still ticking along tonight. We we you know we've 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 been seeing Will Smith. It's fine. Yeah, you Will, know, Will cheers everyone up. Willard is his real name. Uh, Someone said William. His name's actually Willard Smith. Willard, Willard Carol, Carol Smith, which Idris mocked, which was very funny. I thought Carol's actually quite a nice. And then, name. And then Will went, "All right, mate, we can't all be called Idris Elba." I did like that. Black okay. Friday sales for Gymshark. Uh, we forgot Are to there? mention that. Okay, funny old thing. But yeah, um, it's on now. Yeah. 
Our link will be in the description below. Up to you, 70% off. That actually looks really good. Beautiful stuff. I love the cut on the sleeves of that, by the uh, way. Yeah, this That's is really like their bodybuilding stuff. Power. Wow. Well, you certainly cold, built that body. Is certainly, um, I've kind of made it my own. Uh, we've both got colds, especially me at the moment. So sorry if I sound like shit. But um, Gymshark have got a great offer on up to 70% off on selected oh. items. You say 70 or uh, 17, seven Brian? 70 That's incredible. And um, they've, That's obviously tight. they've got so much quality gear over there, whatever you're and clothes. going for. They do different lines for different reasons. The bodybuilding, the power stuff, for example, tighter on the arms and shoulders not so much on the boxy fit on the body a bit looser yeah, on the old middle because, but that's actually just a cool look in general but right also now. it is but if you're bulking it really helps uh, or if you're right. just bulky or uh, if you're also you're a girlfriend around the, the house and you want to laze around in some of your boyfriend's stuff you get him to wear it for a couple of days it smells like him then you can take it off him that would be a great fit on a woman when she's just sort of wandering around making eggs for breakfast so you know? she wants to sort of Take a bra off and um, absolutely just and let them hang loose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because so ma- you know when I get home, sometimes just go bra off, hair oh, up. God, you know, let them hang out. God, yeah, just especially that under boob sweat. I let just them wanna, breathe. Oh, yeah. um, and also they do leggings, so so you can wear the leggings on the bottom, boyfriend's top on the top. So, Nothing is sexier than a relaxed woman with her breasts out, just having a good time. But with still something tight on the legs and something respectably tight on the legs absolutely yeah mm. look it's Gymshark you know the drill they're the best at what they do they look after us I literally live in their gear for very good reason it's the best and you also have a sponsorship with them well yeah but I mean to be honest with you I probably shouldn't say this because I'm doing myself out of money I've got to call you out for this Brian I probably would just wear the gear if they just said you did say that the other day but then I, I was worried they but wouldn't we do sign the deal, so I was worried they you. wouldn't sign another deal with this Jeff I was worried ben. they'd see you saying that and then go, well, what? Yes. You know what? Yeah. To Ben. Oh, by the way, Ben got married. Congratulations, by the way, if he is watching. Ben uh, Francis. Yeah. Uh, we had him on the podcast. Lovely guy. Him and his girl look so happy together. They've got this lovely little house and this lovely little life. A lovely and little very, gym and, and they take lots of pictures in fields. And, and I'm weirdly sort of just sort of stuff. so happy for them. But also slightly envious that things not, have worked out so well for him. And I thought... No, that, I'm not actually. That's the, that's the weird thing. Oh, right. Okay. Normally, I will, I will publicly say I'm happy for you right. but secretly hate you and right you're two faced I love that okay that's great yes you fit in very well on the YouTube scene absolutely yeah. but but today it's all genuine mm-hmm. it's all love we love you Ben anyway back very, to by the way very surprising by the way that after such a great wedding you will give 70% off on those products because I would have thought you'd be going fucking hell guys we need to break. can we tighten the purse strings for a little while because those canapes were expensive alright alright you know back to Will Smith right back to Will Smith Willard um, so I wangle these tickets Hmm. and I do want to paint the picture here. Paint it. I'm not going to lie. We got it because we're influencers. And um, I was like, I never normally go to this shit. Like, you know me. I I opt out of every YouTube party. Everything. If I say to Brian, should we go out? He literally goes, will it just be you and I? Will we just be sat in a dark corner? And if I say (coughs) yes, he goes, okay, fine. But if it's a no, then... If it's a no, he goes, think Rocket League for me. No, but like, I don't know what it is, man. I'm just an unsociable (coughs) crap. But anyway, it's, it's also... I've done the sort of fake people thing. You know what I mean? Right. I'm sort of opting out of that moving forward. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Will Smith, right? Wow. We're outside. Live. The Savoy Theatre. It's Incredible. a beautiful little theatre, but Lovely very cosy. Very much. Very intimate. A very London say. nice. Uh, yeah, you've, it feels very slim. The The stage isn't yeah. huge. And it's it's all the lights are just pointing onto this one spot with a massive screen behind. The last time I've seen anything like this was Will and Stephen. Right. 
ironically. Two great talents. Absolutely. Quizzing each other. Right, very no, good. Yeah. Um, we love them. But, but it, was, it, was, it was like, that was the last time I seen anything like this. And now I'm not looking at my mates. I'm looking at Will Smith and Idris Elba. But on the way in, the guys are like, oh, could you stop and do the whole... <sighs> Yes, okay. And the there's funniest a, thing is, there's right? There's some paparazzi down there. Yeah, Whatever. could you stop and take pictures, right? Oh, God. So this is the first time we've ever done this. That's embarrassing. And we were like, okay, like we've never done this before. Let's, let's, and I don't know about you, but the amount of flashes that went off. You, you see these celebrities walk the red carpet. They do this like it's nothing. And they, because they're conditioned to do that whole thing. Mm. They, the thousand mile stare. They, they never look down a lens, always just go. But with me, I was like, I'm going to have a fucking seizure here. The amount of flashes that were wow. going off. Was, Two people. It, w- w- no, it was a Sitting lot. There, right. You know, tell them. It felt intense. Um, but I've how also... Many, how many cameras? I'd guess. I'd say about 10 to 15 cameras, just uh, all going... No way, no way. Way more than that. No, no, but I think a lot of them were taking multiple pictures. So I've also then... I've got some of the photos on my phone from the woman. I handed my phone to the PR Oh, oh. Did she get the cameras in as well? I think she got some of the cameras in. Obviously, we don't pose together very often on the red carpet. Are you smiling? No, it's not so much the smile as the pose of the two of us that I'm sort of very much leaning into you and you're very much just standing there. So it looks like I'm kind of leaning into you, but oh, you're just standing. Oh, that's bad. I so love it. So it looks, it looks funny. Yeah, it's a funny well, moment. you know, this is, it's not what we are. It's not what we do. And, you know, I've got no doubt that the 50-year-old cameraman taking our photos didn't know who we were. They literally went, delete those? Yeah, cool. <laughs> but... Just for one time, it, it was nice. interesting to be on the other side and, and to feel what other people have felt because right. it's like, right, okay, you guys really deal with this sort of m- mental shit all the time where, right. where people are literally chasing you. and all. I mean, we've seen some of the Britney Spears documentaries lately. Yeah. And Hashtag just to be clear, I'm not comparing myself. I'm just saying for that one second, I got a tiny little window into being like... Uh, and what? it made me realise how good these celebrities do this shit because yeah. like I was over here just being like what the fuck it's anyway, eyes so we did that me and Loz walk off afterwards and we and I, I remember saying to Lawrence straight away I went that was normal yeah uh, it was then, good it was fun but, though but wasn't we it? were having a bit of a like moment like looking yeah. at each other like how fucking weird is, is this? this yeah it was very okay. strange because okay. other people walking past the thing and people going we don't want pictures of them but, uh, but then away. we did meet some people who recognised us inevitably in the arena which is always nice because obviously they're fans of Will Smith and you go there must be some cool people in here and then they're fans of the podcast and I was like that's brilliant. And and Manny Minter was there straight Manny away Minter, as soon as we walked in. Big fan of the podcast. Big fan, yeah. Started yeah. his own. He loved it so much. Fellow podcaster, yeah. No, nah, but it was nice to see a friendly face. And obviously, we don't usually get to see the lads um, uh, like without having an event. So that was good. Yeah. We ended up sitting next to him. Um, Simon's a nice guy. Yeah, lovely yeah. lad. Yeah, and, um, nice energy. So Pay 40 quid for the drinks. Four drinks, 40 pounds. Thank you very much. <laughs> God, you're really going in detail. I like. I'm just saying. I was like, I, I, I thought, you know, the celebrity section might have sort of free drinks or something, but it turns out no. I, I have to pay for my drinks, same as anyone else. Ten pounds for a double shot in this place. So, well, that's um, the Savoy. Basically, this is all about his book, uh, Will the Book, which um, yeah. seems like he's gone for it and really sort of been vulnerable, as yeah. they say. And they had a lovely presentation going on behind. The production was really good. Yeah. As he was going through a story with Idris, Idris asking him questions. He is explaining his life. But I gotta say, the minute like they come out, there 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 was a little moment like, wow. Right. Like especially for Will. Like I, I'm a fan of Idris's work, but Will 
was our upbringing. You know, we literally watched him. We're younger than him by a lot, but but he was on our TV screens, like living out that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, going into the movies, Men in Black, Independence Day, all of these box office smashes. And it even... My robot. It made you realise, like, uh, his movies have grossed billions. Like yeah, because at one billions. point, they listed on the screen his top 10 grossings of all time. I, I, I roughly counted it. It was over three and a half billion. And yeah. that's like just his top 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's when you realise, like, whoa, you, my friend, there's success and then there's Will Smith. Like, um, we're talking about a man who is an icon. Like <coughs> that, modern cinema. Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah we're, we're talking about someone who will be famous forever. And, right. and he is just ingrained in, like there's certain names, uh, uh, you know, um, you think of people like Mike Tyson, they're just right. people who are just like, yeah, everyone knows them. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, so I say about that moment, like I'm saying a legend here, and, he, he, and that's special. That was also something that sort of came up in the talk, but I think we can bring it back to that Idris Elba spoke about Will Smith sort of breaking down barriers 100%. for that generation of uh, young black guys yeah. who felt um, so we knew we knew before that there was your Morgan Freeman your Denzel Washington's those kind of actors and before that you've got a Sidney Poitier <laughs> Um, and you know people of that ilk but that's a different generation and those were leading men of a different kind Will Smith made it cool to be a little bit young and goofy in a way uh-huh. and then graduated should we say onto being the leading man that would normally be cast as a Bruce Willis or a Brad Pitt or someone he, like that he was a, a, a triple threat or not even a triple threat he had he had so much going for him Poly threat, um, yeah. you know with he was good looking he was tall he was funny he looked like he could kick ass when he needed to he could be the romantic guy he could make you laugh and cry he had it all forgot about Hitch the thing for me was like I remember going to see like Men in Black at the movies you know what I mean like things like that Uh, that was was a cultural event at that time because also I think what people don't realise now before the advent of the internet conspiracy theories and aliens and stuff in the 90s weirdly aliens was a real big thing do you know what i mean like space jam was a thing he dominated that genre men in black independence day this is late 90s early 2000s this is when people are like life like in the universe is out there this could be so it was a big theme for us And every film you wanted to go see was a Will Smith film. Yeah. Not, like Wild Wild West, watching that now, not particularly good film, but it was a cultural phenomenon. Wild. That was another song he did. Wild, well. Wild but West. the whole point was anything he touched turned to gold. He was the uh, highest um, paid actor in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, to say that, you have to be like Mount Rushmore, don't mm-hmm. you? You have to be the top dog for a, a decade mm-hmm. at least. You know what I mean? And like, let's be real, he's not getting paid pennies now. He's just done a... Uh, a movie we've seen the trailer for before the uh, start of it I'm actually going to go and see that of um, the Serena and Venus Williams story about how their dad um, coached them and and guided them into their life and how he basically scripted it all out in his head before they were even born two years before they were born yeah and it looked Will Smith he's a bit like Ricky Gervais in the sense that he's playing be- because yeah. he is the guy you love and laugh with and have spent decades of your life with when he cries it hits you right if I could ever if I ever did have a few seconds to talk to him I, I, I thought about like what would I ask and there was loads of times during the, the chat where Idris was sort of 
really kindly letting Will just express himself and not getting too involved. And I thought for a mega star like Idris, it showed the respect yeah. that there was for for Will. But like, I was like, in my head, the thing that defines Will Smith in my head is the chat with Uncle Phil when his dad doesn't love him. Right. It's and the, that mo- the real chat. Yeah. And that was the, because Fresh Prince was a, a show all about humor and laughter and all of that. And that was the moment where it got super serious mm-hmm. and, um, obviously, especially for young black men in America at that time, like, you know, there was a fucking real problem with mm-hmm. lack of father figures, role models and that. And um, ironically, a lot of this show is about his relationship with his dad. But yeah, that moment with with Uncle Phil where there's like that the emotion. And, where, he, where Uncle Phil actually hugs him. And yeah. I think he's, he's for real crying oh, in God. that scene. It was the mo- one of the most powerful scenes in television history. Yeah. Uh, and And... To say he owns that and he owns Hollywood in so many different ways, it was special. And what was nice was his mother was in the audience. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba's mother was in the audience. Jeffrey from the show. Uh, also in the audience. Well, he's all right, good. Biggie. Uh, was in the audience. Come here. All right, he's Biggie. good. He's fine there, isn't he? Is he all right there? Yeah, he's fine, right? Yeah. As two friends who've grown up uh, now podcasting together and making entertainment, to sit and watch two icons do it, I think for us, both was a nice moment as well. I, you know what? It's so strange. I think it's very often that um, I, you're not very often starstruck by, by many people. But there was a point where I looked across at you and you looked like a like a six-year-old version of yourself watching <coughs> this, if that makes sense. Yeah. And there was a point where you, normally when we're watching something, you sort of go, that's a bit off or we'll sort of critique something. There was no... Oh, no. There was no moment... Pure adulation. Yeah, you literally... When they laughed, you laughed. There was one moment There was one moment where uh, something... Like, I can't remember, something happened and you just went, oh. And I was like, wow, he's really, like, lost in this. I was engaged. Yeah, you were completely I was on the engaged. edge of my seat, actually. Yeah. For, and I felt that for most of it because I'm, I'm not in awe of many people. Very rarely do you see someone just so strong in their personality right and that was what i felt from will smith and and what i've always felt about him is um we'll get into what has happened to him in the last five to ten years of his life but generally that he seemed on form Mm -hmm. and he seemed at a really strong place mentally and for all he's achieved you have to just bow down to the master you know what i mean and and say you are a man who could turn his hand at anything and, and smash it, really. It, it, to me, it really felt interesting because we didn't know what we were turning up for. We thought we were just turning up for a chat between Idris Elba and Will Smith. And very often, most things can be quite light, very sort of surface level chat. So it's yeah. sort of like, you wrote this and they sort of go, yeah, there's a funny moment here where, and you, and then they go, but the rest is in the book. Read, read and buy the book, read and buy the book, yeah. read and buy the book. This didn't feel like that at all. It was much more... Uh, I'm here to give you something which adds to the book. Oh no, I, I, I was questioning that at the start, thinking, "Why are you doing this? People are going to buy your book. You're Will Smith. Right? That is going to happen. You don't need to come to a tiny little, you know, theater. A thousand people in a theater. If, if that, that, yeah. If that, probably a few hundred, uh, you know, less than that even, and." give us this experience because you don't need the money you don't you know and none of us in that room are going well i won't buy it if he's not here and the way he was sharing and the way he was talking uh i thought you're doing this for you because you want to give something back to the fans because there's no other reason hell even people in at our level don't need to do that right you know so i thought to myself you really respect your fans and that says a lot about you i think will will smith is one of those people where i don't think he's of a level of muhammad ali <clears throat> I definitely don't think he's a level of Muhammad Ali, but oh. it did feel like we were sitting in a room 
with someone historic, with someone who in years to come I could go, I've seen I've seen Will Smith in the flesh live talking. Yeah, and- there's there, look, there's certain things that I you know would love to. I wish I'd have seen Tyson in his prime or right. Muhammad Ali box or certain Elvis Singh or right. you know there's certain icons of of history and. To say, you know, you've seen Will Smith perform the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song right. pretty much where you can reach out and touch it mm-hmm. was cool. It and was just special. the two of us as well, which is another really great song. Yeah. It really resonated with me. Having I listened to that when uh, my son was first born. I was like, wow, that's really big. And then he performed Summertime. And Summertime was the first ever song that I learned to DJ to because mm-hmm. the beats were like really easy to match mm-hmm. with other songs. And I was like, wow, that's Will Smith on stage performing. And then Idris Elba was like just da- dancing away. Will Smith's like, just yes. vibing at the front and Idris Elba is just behind him, just sort of like, yeah, like, this is cool, isn't it? it? Even Idris, Idris Elba was like, this is Will Smith. Yeah, that was yeah. really cool. The, there were some themes about the show, right. which I thought we could delve into uh, ourselves. Um and basically, he starts it by saying, I'm a coward. I feel like I've always been a coward. And uh, which was a, a, a sort of surprising thing. But, you know, looking back at it, I think that's because he's constantly challenging himself to face certain fears and get over them so he feels like a coward because he's confronting that side Mm -hmm. of him we're all cowards in some way shape or form we all have things that we are a bit fearful of but he is pushing himself more and he even said like later on in his life he's trying to do it more and more and more Um, which I think kind of explains some of the recent things that have come out between him and his uh, wife family, Jada, yeah, but also his whole, whole family. family. Yeah. Like he's just like, look, we've just got to live our truth and just let it all hang out, basically. Which, <clears throat> on the one hand, is admirable, but on the other hand, can potentially open a can of worms and let people in to know too much, and the, the line is then gone, and you're just sort of a bleeding heart, essentially, that people can little, just look at little, in public. It did look a little bit like. You know, there was recent times where I, I almost felt like, wow, that guy is really... Um, uh, the guy who was the most cocky and sort of, uh, you know, l- led the way for guys who loved themselves and had right. the, had that banter about them and women loved him, men wanted to be him and all of that to, like, a guy who basically has had his girl publicly talking about how she fucked the guy that they brought into the house to look after. Very recently as yeah, well. It seemed and quite it, fresh. And, yeah. and, and, and mugging him off to his face, calling it an entanglement rather than just owning up to it. It made, I think, men who used to idolise him look at him and lose a bit of respect for him if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest. Like, for me, I'm like... You know, don't get me wrong, it's bad enough she did this, but the way she's talking about it is even adding insult to injury. Because you and I sort of spoke about this on the way in the taxi. We were talking about how there was the potential for people to lose respect for him, but also it did feel a bit like the way that he dealt with it and sort of faced it and the way that he replied to it did feel like it gained a bit of that respect that you may have initially did, we, felt like you lost from. Because I didn't feel that way, I, 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 but I know other people did. <clears throat> it did, but we are lacking the context of what happened sure. in the relationship. And because... The, the problem is, is they picked and chose what they said and how they, much they let us in. And that didn't frame their life up in a way that... Um, Felt honest. Yeah, it's like, did he do the same? Did you do... Like, and then, that's what I've... That, and I she's think, making little jokes and right. stuff like that. And you're like, all we know is that she definitely fucked the guy who came in looking for somewhere to stay. October or Pumpkin or whatever the fuck whatever his name was. Whatever the fuck was. his um, name was. August. Was so, 
a little rat. Yes. All I right. mean, well, yeah, just because he hurt Will doesn't mean that he's a little he's rat. A cunt. But I get, yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, so, being called a rat's quite hurtful. So, um, mate, Will Smith takes you in and you fuck his wife. You're lucky you're not dead. Nothing more historic. I'd put money out. To be fair, this woman was very much. Um, it, you know what that, I mean by that, don't you? Yes. In that same period, she was also very vocal, should we say, about having been Tupac's... Tupac's love interest. Love, re- but, like, intense love interest as well. Yeah. And they were very public about that. And I think there is a bit of an element of almost being, like, one of Henry VIII's wives if you've fucked Tupac. It's like fucking Sinatra or a king or, you know, but being someone thing, like that. Though, it's like, girl, you went from Tupac to Will fucking Smith. Like, talk about, like, landing on your feet twice. Like, right. You know, and by the way, t- Tupac wasn't like that with her like they loved each other but to my knowledge from everything i've read on the situation he loved her like love love and and but he was fucking everything that moved and he actually had other very serious relationships at the end of his life yeah with other people so and he also seemed like a very intense person that i feel like if you were in his periphery or circle anyway you would feel you had a very intense relationship with him yeah. so when people speak about well i have this with him i've got to admit i hear a lot of people basically go well i had a very intense relationship with tupac i'm like yeah you're in a relationship Coffees, yeah by the way he, you're in a relationship with one of the most intense men like with this energy of all time, you might not be as maybe as special as you think, but it feels a lot like you're playing on that. Uh, and look, and I, I know that he he loved Jada from the interviews I've watched, but the point is, is like Will felt inferior because he is the guy who doesn't curse in his raps, is Mister Clean Cut, is being held up as a positive example for young black men to follow. Tupac, complete opposite of that, gangster rap, loose cannon, willing to kill. Like will do whatever he has to do in any moment. To, to he's a he's a wild motherfucker. Like mm. I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider. rider. Yeah. You don't want to fuck with me. And, like, and, but also to go along with that, I think uh, some people accuse Will Smith of selling out. And uh, I'm at sure, the, at but the same like, time, who doesn't? At the end of the day, I, I get that. And in many ways, I think now reflecting back, we realise that <coughs> Tupac wasn't a sellout, but he he certainly wasn't the wholesale uh, anti. I don't think Will was. Guy. I think he was being the him he I, is that guy right and, yeah. and I think he kind of explained that last night yeah. when he was talking about that and, and why it's a bit like the I, I want to say John Cena for some reason like as in <laughs> wow. people hated John Cena for being the good guy who rapped right and for that reason I think that's why people hated Will a little bit well, when Eminem came out and he and says said, Will Smith ain't got a fuck uh, got a cousin his raps rap. yeah. well I do so fuck him and fuck you too and in that moment you're like yeah fuck Will Smith I'm hard but like <laughs> In that, I love how you just turned into eleven-year-old Lawrence. That was me. I still think that yeah. when I heard it. But I, I then appreciated it when he went. Well, I didn't want to cuss in my raps because I had a rap book and my grandma found it and wrote me a letter in the front of it about mm-hmm. how smart people don't need to use these words. And I was a bit like, oh, I, okay. Suddenly, I feel bad for being like, yeah, Will Smith's a fucking loser because he doesn't say shit like this in his raps. You know? Um, Did you not feel that? Yeah, I mean, I remember that moment in 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 music because Eminem. It's like anything Eminem does and anything Eminem says, we were following. You know, <laughs> right? He, yeah. People think Drake is influential. Yeah. Try, try being a <laughs> try being a teenager and and walking around in dungarees in that era. It's yeah. You can't. You would look so unindividual. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, Eminem. Eminem. Yeah, had everyone in the palm of his hand. But the thing is, what was interesting is so we'll sort of started the the thing by saying. It's taken me this long to be my real true self as best I can because of my dad. And and he said, like, my dad died five years ago 
and I needed for that to happen to almost feel the freedom to say what was really in my heart because as much as I love my dad he had such a negative impact on me at times mm -hmm. that I didn't feel like I could say my truth without destroying that relationship in some way shape or form because his dad was a hard-nosed military man mm. and he was like yeah I'm not a coward anymore I feel free I feel like I'm confronting that I thought myself I wanted to say but you needed your dad to die in order for you to gain that freedom mm. does that not sort of confine you eternally into that box that he was he had you in. So, so I, I, I got to admit, I, I was kind of thinking a similar like thing. Like you think you're not being a coward, but because you waited this long, to me, it's like that would eat away at me. If I, wow. you know, not, not being able to say what I wanted to say. And I've had people in my life who there's been fallings out with and the, the relief that comes with saying your peace to them. Mm -hmm. And I've said things to people who've... Um, and entered my life and, and, and left my life and never and I've never looked back and inevitably when they pass it's sort of like it's sad that I had to have that moment with them hmm. but I'm glad I had that moment and I said what I had to say because I stand by my words you know what I mean and some people need to hear that shit um, but Will then did make some good points about forgiveness and about you know being accepting of people and stuff. So I get it, but it was interesting how it took him five years after his dad died to feel like that. I wanted to ask you about this because I've obviously, you know, you've been through quite a period of rapid change, but you haven't done it in the way I've seen some other people do it and I've witnessed other people do it. I've been close to some other people who've had what I would call honest epiphanies in their life where it goes from uh, a sustained period of being what you believe to be that person, 20, 30 years of being that person, and then very rapidly, very quickly, those people go, now I'm going to be, now I'm going to be honest. Now I've, I've had an epiphany and now I feel the need to be honest about this. And it doesn't wipe away the memories that you have, but it does reframe those times that you had with them. And so there are times where I was listening to Will Smith and I, I really like him. I've got a lot of affection for him. All these films, like I bonded in the same way as you did with him in the 90s. But part of me was struggling with how much of this is just another creative period in your life where this is what you're into at this moment and you're being in an honest epiphany part of your life where you feel you have to be honest. And, you know, when you shed a tear, I've seen you shed tears in films. Is this tear a tear that's happened at every point on the tour or is this tear something that is just happening tonight when you're speaking with Idris Elba sitting there? Because the, uh, the honesty is a tricky like being honest <clears throat> is a tr is a in being honest you almost lock, unlock more honesty and I, I've got to admit I would feel uncomfortable speaking maybe because I don't have that relationship with my own dad but about that about my own dad so uh, yeah to be specific he, he talked about his dad punching his mother his and mom. how he watched that moment when he was a young child and felt basically guilty about that day for the rest of his life that he didn't do something about it to stop what was going on and how almost everything since then has been a way of trying to pay her back mm -hmm. for that moment which was very emotional to hear you know what I mean but I I thought a similar thing that you know, but, and, and, not, but not I didn't about, want to be a cynic no I didn't I didn't think his emotion on stage was disingenuous no, did I? what I thought was there's the very real possibility 
and not not for me to try and psychoanalyze Will Smith because we we don't know him. No. But Will has been through a lot of different versions of Will, and I thought that a bit like you, this may just be another period of your life where you think you've stumbled onto truth, the truth or your truth, and yet there's a lack of reality to that itself as well. Like, because in my head, I'm thinking. If I was up there, how truthful would I be? And I felt like, in my head, I thought I could give a lot more than he's given right now. I think he's still holding quite a lot back. He might not realise that. He might well, realise that. Yeah. Maybe he realises that and thinks, you know what it is, I want to give this much. That's fine, but then you can't sell it as this is me naked, the naked truth, the real me and all of that right. if you're still holding back some. And to, to that, he never once at all in that, whole thing mentioned his relationship with Jada which has been one of the most one of the, the actually in the last 10 years it's the main thing he's been talking about because his movies haven't been as successful so that then did make me think a little bit like what you were thinking as well which is interesting that you came to the same mm. thought as I did but what it did leave me with <clears throat> I did I did think I also appreciated in his honesty how humble he was and I've got to admit, there's been a few shows where I've gone to recently and a few talks where I've gone to where I felt like the person giving the talk wanted to be a guru. They wanted to be the new Tony Robbins. They wanted to be, do this and your life will work out. Do this thing and I, this is the secret that you've been missing out on. And what I will say is I thought Will Smith showed a humility and humble element to his personality where he was saying, not you need to do this, but he was saying, this worked for me. And this is how I felt this Yeah, The was. irony of it is, is there are so many of those bullshitting <laughs> bastard gurus out there. Yeah. You see them all over YouTube. They've got minimal success. Yeah. They've got minimal reason for anyone to fucking listen to. Yeah. And yet they are more authoritative in their commands to follow me, do as I do, do what I say, than a man as successful as Will fucking Smith. Right. And that's exactly what I said to Flew when uh, I got home and was talking to her about the night because yeah. I think she's more on the edge, on the on the fence about Will Smith. Doesn't particularly care for him, but doesn't particularly dislike him. Okay. Some other people I told were like, ugh, Will Smith. What are you... Go He's irrelevant. Like, why would I care about him? They sort of see him as like a, a cringy, or not Kanye West level figure, but like, he's done. Why would you bother going to one of his talks? Wow. And, I was, and that shocked me, if I'm honest, because I was a bit like, wow, I've got so much affection for Will Smith. Well, but a lot of that, people though, said that. It's not only that, though. What a fucking journey he's had <laughs> in life. Like, the kid grew up in Philadelphia with Born nothing. and raised, yeah. Nothing, though. He, yeah. he, was a not, he wasn't a chosen child. He was one of the few black kids who made it and changed the game you change know, the culture yeah, yeah yeah like he was the the first grammy winner of a rap song with with that first album that he made with uh dj jazzy yeah. jeff yeah and literally he was a kid mm -hmm. he was a child you know what i'm saying so i just think people nowadays are too too busy thinking about clout and what's hot right now and not thinking about actually like greatness and a legacy and right. and what is lasting and what is timeless and that is why I look at Will Smith and think you're a giant compared to all of these pricks in the music industry right now right. who are popping now like they're 
you know, let's be honest, who the fuck is going to be coming to see them when they're 53 years old? Well, no one's going, I mean, we don't know what journey these guys are going to go on, but no one, I'm not currently thinking in 30 years, I'd like to go and see Lil whatever, insert name here. But this is the thing though, it's like, it's just not happening. Like the level of talent he has. Is a polymath. Is, yeah, is sick. So, um, but, but just talking about that giant thing, I thought it was so interesting that he starts the whole night with a story about building a wall. Oh, that was funny, wasn't it? Also, because it's the story that you talk about so often with Dorian Yates, where he talks about putting the brick down every day. Mm. It's something I lived by when I was right. growing my YouTube channel, which was like, take every day and do the absolute most you can do with it. And it's the brick in the wall of the, the castle of your life, basically. And I heard it off Dorian Yates years ago, and it really stuck with me. And uh, yeah, Will Smith, his dad basically made him build a, a wall when he was nine and 11. Who knew that Dorian Yates was the third builder of that wall? Incredible. <laughs> Sorry, he was nine, his brother was 11 or the other yeah. way around. And they got like a yeah into it and it's just not going anywhere. And the dad, you know, when they go back to complain, the dad's like, it ain't about the fucking wall. It's about nailing that one brick every day. Just get that one brick perfect. And eventually the whole thing will come together. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, there was a few moments there where we glanced at each other and sort of smiled. And we're like, fuck me, that is like literally something I've lived by, you know? And um, going back to his father, how much he clearly loved his father, but there was so much pain there. Yeah. And I could identify with that naturally. But, um, you know, when he talked about his father hitting his mother and then comes out with like, but I love him mm. and then it's like but how how are you going to love someone who hits your mother like what the fuck is that about and um, that's where the laughter came from is because he was always trying to make his family laugh because if everyone was laughing no one was in trouble mm-hmm. and that really connected so many dots of why and often why comedians are comedians is because most com- comedians know true pain right and that's sort of the the weird like thing that you think how are these people who bring so much joy to other people starting from pain but their riffing probably comes from the fact that in that family room they're so desperate to come up with a joke to break that silence well it's that that darkness yeah their brain can go make a joke got it okay go and then everyone laughs Mm. so there's that element of it it's that was really powerful the father i thought the father arc over the whole night where he also spoke about being a dad himself was really interesting and mm. I kind of I guess that uh, I think we both took this on face value we didn't go that's Will Smith listen to every word and we will live by it but we did go okay well this guy's successful there's clearly something he's done right here listen to it take it for what it's worth and you know uh, take out the bits that you sort of agree with but Absolutely. it also felt quite validating when he is saying things that you really feel and you hear him say something you kind of make okay maybe I am on the right route with some of the things I'm doing with my own son or you know in my own family life or any of that sort of stuff it's not that you go there and go give me all the secrets to life but it was an interesting talk to hear he, he admitted some big mistakes for sure right and I thought that was great uh, how vul- his dad's mistakes and then his mistakes in a, in a, in a, in a similar way in, yeah right when he realises wow I'm becoming that guy where Which his is, dad was military with him like drilled him into the fucking wall of you will do this you will do that you will work hard and then he gets to this point where he's like my kids one of them's in the karate kid the other one's doing the with my yeah, head yeah. and number one in the world or whatever the fuck she was and they're both unhappy and his family are unhappy because he's working them too hard and all and he had to be like wow 
what have I done? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and because he, he felt thought, also... He thought he was on top of the world. Right, and he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was being a good dad. And it's that <clears throat> sense of perception and kind of that sense of, um, you think you're on the right route, mm-hmm. but your kids reset but he, you he, She literally came off stage apparently and was like, I'm done now. I can't right. be bothered to do more of these. And he's like, no, no. We told Mr. Jay-Z that we would do a lot more Japan, of these. Australia. Yeah, yeah South And America. then she literally just shaves her head the next day. <laughs> Without him knowing That's some real ballsy moves though as well. Because I also think, you know, it takes a lot for a kid to do that considering that Mm. a lot of kids... Jada Pink, it's uh, kids. Right. As well, there's some some spite in there. Right, yeah, okay. But I also think there's, I mean, a lot of people will see that nowadays most people will do anything on social media in order just to remain relevant, in order just to be famous. And this kid had real fame, real relevance, a number one hit, kids idolizing her, and her approach was to do the absolute opposite and remove it's the It's easy thing. to do that when your dad's provided you with the living that you can have the comfort of going, well, I don't need money. And I get that. And, and I understand. <laughs> and, I get, and I get that. <clears throat> but it, it, that money then uh, almost negates the, the need for cash. So it's about, then it becomes about the other subjects that are you happy that are you really happy she wasn't yeah. and and that that can still speak to anyone who's on social media i think that's not just about people who are just desperate for cash that's about anyone who's it on feels tiktok like he or swung stuff. multiple ways though like where his dad basically made him so frightened of being brutal mm-hmm. and being that bad guy uh, and i've heard some interviews with him before where he was like I'll, yeah i let my kids pick their own discipline and, t- and i'm right. like bro that, that can't happen like yeah. That, yeah and that's why they've turned out the way they have like no offense but like do you they, not think they're... I think they're... I mean, they seem to be quite well-adjusted no, now. No, like, but I've heard some things that they've come out with and stuff sure. like that, and I've thought, you know what it is? Like, you be a free spirit. You don't live in the real world. You grew up with Will Smith as your dad. You're loaded. You will never know right. the real world. Like, you just won't. Yeah. So come up with that airy, fairy bollocks if you want. You yeah. know what I mean? Life's Disney yeah. to these kids. I think it is. And, and they yeah. can make their minds up on anything they want, right. try anything they want, because they've got that financial freedom right. and a name behind them that they walk in any room. Uh, yeah, and people also go, well, if I do this for them... I am confident Smith. that he, to some degree, has tried to keep them grounded because of his humility. As possible. Yeah. And I think that he has probably had to learn humility, and he did tell a funny story, which naturally I resonated with where he said I made loads of money and as any kid with no money does when they make loads of money when I they, thought they were going to put a spotlight on you in that moment <laughs> and go and tonight true George is here he literally was like yeah I basically uh, bought loads of cars and splashed the cash and didn't save any money for taxes they tax man wanted away. his money back and he ended up having to sell all his cars and went back to nothing yeah that was like a wow moment for me I'm like brick in the wall Got all the, okay, te- check. Is this show I'll, for me? I'm on the right track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Um, but even like one of the guys who recognised us after the show came up to us and went, hey, same story as you. Yeah. Sold all of his cars. I remember that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. cheers, mate. Thanks for reminding. <laughs> yeah, appreciate but that. No, it was, it was cute. And, um, and it was nice to know that it's just part of life. You fall flat on your face when you make it sometimes to learn important lessons and to ground you. And I think one of the things that comes across of him is at one point, he was clearly the biggest star in film. In the world, The the money proved it, right? But he was so late to social media and he made some bad movies and it it, it sort of went away for him and he, he sort of lost that, that super stardom. The mystique of it. As people are saying, like, um, you know, to you, oh, he's so done or whatever. Mm. Like, like, Will Smith will never be done. Don't get me wrong, but but I, I get why the today's generation or some people might say that because he 
had made so much money he didn't have to try at that stuff. Right. So you had people like Idris Elba, The Rock, filling the roles that he would have ordinarily had and doing a damn good job. And you got The Rock who was killing social media to a point where he's his own promotion company. Yeah. You know, like, and Will joined it way later, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of this is like him reclaiming the version of him that he wants to be. He wants to be in shape. He doesn't want to look like some of the photographs people have seen where you look like Uncle Phil randomly and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like that was a bad angle, but I also thought it was a little bit strange because obviously he's done this whole fitness journey thing and we were looking at him just in his pants on the screen. And I mean, even you turned to me and you were like, you can still see his abs like below that. Yeah, he had, uh, look, the guy had like, kind of half athlete, half dad bod. Like right. it wasn't, he wasn't in bad shape. He was like, I want to lose 20 pounds in 20 weeks. And I'm looking at him thinking, easy. I mean, just got to the fucking surgeon like everyone else in Hollywood right. does, bro. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like he literally put the weight on for the tennis movie. And yeah. That. Um, he looked amazing on stage, to be fair. Him and Idris Elba. I was Both like, you fuckers look great. Great shape. Honestly. And yeah. the, the jewellery and all of that, the, 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 the watches were shining. Yeah, that Shining. Watch, there were two watches that kept catching the light and I kept going, there's someone shone a laser down there? Turns out it was just <coughs> a Rolex just reflecting. One of my favourite little stories he told was a one where he got cast in The Fresh Prince. where things Quincy were going, Jones. Yeah, things were going really bad for him. And he met a guy who put the script to him he's like yeah whatever that sounds good like you know uh, poor kid goes to a rich place whatever yeah that sounds fun and then he gets the phone call uh, from Quincy Jones who if people don't know one of the biggest music producers of all time and executive producers of you know huge things think, uh, think with of Oprah, yeah. th- with, with Michael Jackson he literally produced Michael Jackson's biggest albums ever like he, this guy is as rich as rich can get and uh basically summoned Will Smith to his mansion mansion in Bel Air, ironically, which is sort of where the idea came from, and uh, said, like, you need to audition, like, right now, move the chairs and all that. He's telling everyone, like, he's like, everyone in here is the the guys who you need to impress right now. And and Will's like, I need, like, a week to do Mm. this. I'm not ready for this. And Quincy's like, come on, on, we'll talk. We'll talk outside. Takes him to his library, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then he's like... um, you know, if you come back in a week, they're all going to be busy. Mm. He'll have like, got a kids. He'll have something for his kids. Yeah. This other guy will have a meeting at 3 p.m. You're not going to get a meeting in a week. And then Will goes, two weeks would be great. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that was the joke. But basically, he was like, you need to go out there and fucking do this right now. And he went out, started an ovation. And Quincy Jones basically was just pointing at lawyers, telling everyone, sign this off. Let's get it done right fucking now. And... I didn't know Quincy Jones played such a role in that because, like, the guy's a musical genius. I didn't realise he was behind that. It's also pretty incredible that stuff can get signed off that quickly. But it when can you, when he orders it. Right. Himself. I entered that room thinking, Will Smith, how do I really feel about him? Left the room thinking, oh, I know how I feel about Will Smith now. But I can understand that those people who didn't go, the 10, 15 people who went, mm, not really into him, or that's cringe, or any of these things, sort of go, Will Smith, though, you know, really? I don't understand what they're not seeing. Well, it's, I think, but it's like you said, because of that recent thing with Jada and because of the 
the lack of movie hits right and yeah. also because he's been so vulnerable which isn't really I think a lot of celebrities are faux vulnerable oh. so they sort of go yeah I've got this funny story they go on Graham Norton they drop three funny stories and we feel like we know them but, but, but what we're constantly getting <coughs> encouraged as men right. to be vulnerable and then Shit. the leading man in Hollywood does it and everyone's like nah he's fucked now and he mm. what, what kind of man does that exactly but that's part of it it's and I'm, I'm guilty of it myself like I'm not even I'm not saying I'm exempt here. It's like it's like I looked at him and thought you were the ladies' man, and now your missus is fucking making you look like a right dick. But it's what Tony Soprano says in the uh, in his <coughs> in his counselling in his therapy. He goes, "I wanted to be Gary Cooper. I wanted to be the strong, silent type." Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us go, "Oh yeah, I, I'm, I can be the strong, silent type. I can be the big, strong man for my girlfriend or my wife or my husband, whatever it want to be." Ultimately, that is a goal that is cultivated by celebrity image or PR guy no one is really always 100% tough or 100% whatever you think that person is mm. but I do feel like Will Smith has shown a lot of his life that maybe we didn't associate with him so we never thought the Fresh Prince would be sitting down and having an honest conversation opposite his wife at 50 and going yeah so you fucked the housekeeper the, the, th- the thing is and people might disagree with me here but something about Jada she just doesn't come across as a nice person in the slightest she's got a and that may be from what they've gone through before like he may have caused her to become colder sure but judging on every interview I've ever seen of her I've never thought she was a the warmest person just being real I don't know what the fascination from him was with her because to look at her the way she behaves the way she talks to him in my head I'm like Surely there must be better options out there, bro. You're Will fucking Smith. <laughs> you, you, there's just a, such a lack of warmth there, and it's it's it emanates th- through the fucking screen when I watch them together. I'm like, and they're like bad marriage for life. I'm like, why though? <laughs> You're Will Smith. Give her half the money. You're still fucking rich as fuck, bro. Get right. the fuck out. Do you know what I mean she had like? What, a handful of little roles because she was your missus? And also, obviously, has other... Let her uh, crack on. Notoriety, yeah, for being with Tupac and those kind of people. Yeah, but she ain't like... Let's be real here. It, it, you know, Will is the guy. No yeah. one... If it wasn't for Will Smith, we would not be talking about Jada 20 years on from when she popped Absolutely. In, in her day. No, I can, I agree. He is the guy. <clears throat> the man. And obviously her relationship like Victoria Beckham. No offence, again. But, but same yeah. thing. Well, I mean, look at any of the other Spice Girls. Do we know Do we know what's happening exactly. with any of those? By the way, Mel, Bell, Mel B was there last night. Was Mel B the uh, Scary Spice? Yeah. Or was it, yeah, Mel B was there last really? night. Really? I, I come out the toilet two minutes before the show's about to start and I just say, is it down here, is it? And I was like, fucking hell. I didn't realise they were reshooting... Uh, whatever <laughs> tell that, you what I want yeah, I, yeah, really I was like fucking hell that's incredible um, so well Jeffrey was there from the Fresh Prince right uh, um, Mel B's boyfriend and, of uh, and the mothers were there Idris's mother and Will's mother which I thought was lovely we've got a little footage of them but I don't know if I'll put I don't know if we put that well, we'll in or not some but of it it's on, very sweet on the visual yeah. if, you're, if you're listening you can go and check it out she looked ex- they, well both Jeffrey and uh, Will's mother looked exactly how you would have thought they would Jeffrey looked good didn't he and he, he shouted out as well he yeah, was so funny I thought he was he uh, was I wonder whether he's done other stuff. He's done like Shakespearean stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he was a, a real actor, actor. Before, before TV. He was like a proper thespian. And yet I wonder where he's made most of his money. I wonder whether he, I mean, Will Smith will definitely be making money from the Fresh Prince reruns, but will Jeffrey? I hope he is because he played a pivotal role in that. And actually Will did credit him and say like, when I first met him, he sort of pulled me in line a bit and was like, 
How are you going to act here? Like you've not done this before. I'm an actor. You know, in the middle of uh, you know, in the middle, of, if if we had like a <coughs> mad run of podcasts, mm. and but we did go, let's sprinkle in some weird people in there. Jeffrey could be a good one. Oh, just because you could get the Fresh Prince stories, but you could also go. But what's it like being a Shakespearean actor? Oh yeah, yeah. And what's it like being a black actor in that era? Like that would be incredible. I wrote some uh, some of the things he talked about down, and you know the the story about the the Quincy Jones one was his basic point was like. <coughs> don't miss opportunities when they come your right. way. And one of the other ones he talked about was uh, going back to the brick and, and the wall was just try and master something when you're young mm-hmm. because once you understand the mastering of something, you can turn that learning towards other things. And I, I agree with him. And, and not we're not talking about computer games here. We're talking about like real... A like, craft. Yeah. and that, and that Sculpting or yeah. painting or playing piano or playing guitar it was or any interesting. of this stuff. Yeah. And... Um, but but as he as he got deeper into it, he was talking about how his dad made him feel about how he felt and, and feelings in general and that like that struggle of being a man but also letting your feelings come to the fore mm-hmm. but then also being able to chase your dreams and what right. he said is often when you're chasing your dreams, you're you're having to suppress feelings mm-hmm. because in any walk of life, if you're wanting to achieve greatness, you have to bottle things up and be disciplined you have to go no not now people are pissing you off your girlfriend your boyfriend are annoying you your parents are doing your fucking head in like feelings are the enemy of that success and that really like hit me because i have done that like many 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 times for many years in fact um, you've let feelings oh yeah I, no I've, I've i've bottled feelings up i've sort of right blocked them off you know what i mean and become harder in my older years and I thought myself yeah really oh yeah yeah do you I mean because I also feel like I've seen you more recently become more in touch with your feelings and Uh, be more not mellow I think that would be the wrong phrase to use but you've definitely softened in other aspects of your personality where I thought you were harder before yeah I I think maybe you've I agree I think maybe you were wrong and not wrong but like you were hard in different places before where you've softened Uh and now you're harder in other places where you were softer before. Maybe, I mean, I, but ultimately w- what I was meaning was like, I look back in my life and I felt like, yeah, I get what you're meaning there yeah. because there's been so many years where <coughs> I've <coughs> had to just be steel, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in your head and to get through those horrible, hard moments um, and, and shut your feelings down as much as you can. Whereas I guess now, because I'm more in control of my life, I can be a bit more vulnerable, be a bit more feely about it. um, One thing I did think was quite interesting was when he talks about losing a parent, Mm. which is something, and Idris Elba also lost his father as well about eight years ago, I think he said. Mm. I do think, obviously that's something touched with that I've not been through yet and I think I'm very lucky for that. To even make it to 30, I think, and not have lost a parent is a really big thing. What did... Did any of what did that raise for you? Because obviously you've lost a parent, mm. and I think that does ca- cause a certain form of maturing in your life that you have to do oh, yeah. to deal with that. Did you relate to what he was saying about that? Because the father thing, he was obviously quite conflicted. I just felt sorry for him, maybe because I've got complete and utter like clarity of my whole situation. But did you, you've not always had? Did you always have that, or have you you've worked your way towards that? Clarity? No, no. Like what I mean is like. Okay, so because I always was very open and honest with my mother right. and how much I loved her, and that was so well known, mm. and 
I remember like one one time my mum even said to me like you idolise me I know you do don't worry right like she 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 uh, verified that you know what I mean in my head I was like okay just just so you know it's good to acknowledge you know what I mean and so I always have so many of those conversations to pull from that I I didn't have anything there was no pain around that you know what I mean it was the pain of missing her Mm -hmm. but not the pain of I wish I'd said this or I wish I'd done that. I don't, I don't, you know, yeah, I wish I was in a dick when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? But, I think but everyone feels but that way. Yeah. You, know, you know how I feel about you and I know how you feel about me. Mm. And I can have that conversation with her almost in my head, in my heart right now. Right. So there's not that like feeling he's been left with, which is like, and I feel like part of it is down to the fact he never had his day with his dad where you called him out on all the shit. Un- unspoken truths. Absolutely. Right. And even waiting all this time after his dad died, it, it shows like his dad still has that cloud over him, in my opinion. And that's right. how I felt about it. I might be wrong and I don't mean to or maybe speak he's out still of turn because it it's, his, that, yeah. it's his relationship with his father and it's his business. But obviously we've had a little window into it and that's just how I picked it up. It made me glad that I've said all the things I've said to my dad in pain and anger and mm. all of that because we've then worked through a lot of that and become better for it Mm. and now I'm in a better place with him even if it was screaming and tears and I wanted to knock fuck out of him I'd rather have gotten that all out of there and been through that than kept the brave face for years and said our goodbyes without having it out and I feel like I felt that his dad did him a disservice as a father to not have made him feel comfortable enough to actually speak his truth to him in life. Right. And I felt like you've let your son down there. Because Will spoke about making a comfortable space for his father to pass away when he was going to pass. I mean, so in many ways, it, Will took on the parenting role. Absolutely. And that often, that and I, you know, I've been there with my dad. Sometimes, it, it, you know, it's funny how when you get older, sometimes the roles flip. But goes, yeah. and when Will said, I just wanted my dad to feel comfortable enough to die without feeling like there was regret on his side or in that he just felt my forgiveness and my love and all of that. And I thought, what a man you are, mate. Mm. What a fucking man you are. You got my respect, but I don't know your father deserves that. And I'm the kind of guy where uh, I feel like I need to be straight with people in order to move beyond things. Mm. You know what I mean? I need some acknowledgement on both sides of, we know where we stand here. And... um, when you watch Will's relationship on screen with Jada, when we've seen their interviews, when you watch the way um, he was with his dad, as much as Will is a geezer and all of that, he played the B-side in both of those relationships, in my opinion, because he's nice. And that niceness by a woman, in my opinion, who isn't as nice as him, can be uh, used against him. And I think his dad, potentially seeing that from a young age, and maybe he was trying to toughen him up, whatever the reasoning behind it was. Maybe. But you have to get to a point where when Will is a grown man, you calm that down. And I don't think that ever did calm down uh, because even on his deathbed, the father was having a conversation with him on FaceTime hours before he died. The, the said, sister said, yeah. Dad, you're just looking at him, say something to him. And he's like, Shade, if I ain't said anything to this guy, he doesn't know it yet, then fuck it. There's mm. nothing left to say. You know, and it was a funny moment, but in my head it was like, he came at it from the, the angle of, I need to teach you more lessons or I'm giving to you. And it was like, I get that he took that upon himself to be that role, but at a point as father, son, 
mother, daughter, whatever it is, there needs to be some level of you're not coming from this angle anymore. You're coming a bit more close at the middle. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I felt, I felt, you know, when look, when you're a, a tough dad, you know, especially a black dad in America at that time where kids don't get away, will got discipline, hard work, all of those things to drill into the guy so he doesn't end up like some of the other kids out there. I get it, but he could have loosened it Later a long on. time ago. He showed those things to be true yeah and, and yeah. it was uh it was a bit too, too late i think and it was i i don't know like and that's why i came away feeling like you think you're telling your truth now but the fact that you waited until five years after your dad died it shows that uh, look there's never a wrong time but it's just a shame because i think that he didn't have the belief in his father in life right to confront him with that truth and think you won't turn your back on me because some people can't handle the truth like mm -hmm. that and some people will just block you out ignore you turn on you get angry and aggressive and I don't think he trusted his father with that moment and that's sad because sometimes you've just got to say fuck it anyway you deserve this um, and also believe it might help in some way for that person yeah I mean no one should be able and I've met people like this before and I hate most of them um <laughs> There's some people who have a position of power within a family where they're unchallengeable. And those people are basically bullies, usually. And they, they try and control everything around them. And when you then drop something into the situation that doesn't play by the same rules, they attack that person because they don't... They, they see through all the bullshit. So when you've got someone in that circle, it becomes difficult. And when I've met people like that before who are the controllers and all that, I always just think, fuck you. I'm mm. not playing by your rules. Do mm. you know what I mean? Um, that, that's quite, um, it's quite a powerful thing to challenge in a family, I think. And I think every family or, is or, or a group of friends for that matter. Any, could be, it could any be any group. group. Any yeah. group of people. But uh, very often it, it's really powerful in families mm. because people pick up those roles and they're reinforced from quite a young Especially age. Especially a dad who was in the military <coughs> in that era. Well, yeah, or a brother or a sister or any of those <coughs> things. And, you it's know, usually a senior member though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And obviously when the parents then go, then it becomes a sibling thing and you yeah. don't... Someone takes the baton. You don't, yeah, you don't realise, I think, until you've got your own partners and until you're out in the real world how those things play out. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is you're talking about, um, uh, this is what I was kind of interested with, Will. I thought you're still working some of this through and oh, yeah. this is still happening. But I did quite like that in that sense because some books come out and it goes tw like um, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. I I did enjoy the book, I'll, I'll admit. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a very interesting book. I didn't. Some of it resonated, some of it didn't. But the point was it was 12 Rules for Life and it felt these are the rules that you can live by. I've decided these things apply to me. It's very, that's very Jordan Peterson. Right. And, very and he's very much that personality and I've got a lot of respect for some of the things he's done. Right. And sometimes approach. a bit cold and sometimes a bit, you know. I do like him. But yeah. I like him. Yeah. And I don't agree with everything he says, but you don't have to agree with everything he says. But the point is, Will's then up on stage sort of going, I'm voicing my truth and that could change in a year. Yeah, he's a bit like... Uh I look at people like Russell Brand and you see these people who are just constantly evolving and changing and learning and adapting. And uh, I admire that, you know what I mean? And it's funny because like, I remember early on in the YouTube days, whenever I made a, a change to content or a change in any way, <laughs> oh, he's not the same anymore. Um, but I love people who do that because to me, 
life is about doing that. It's about mm. learning and growing as people and, uh, and taking on the good things that you learn from good people around you. And, and uh, um, there was a funny moment towards the end where this woman starts shouting out. I, I, th- I was hoping we get to this, but I wanted you to bring it up. There, there was a mid-show, there was someone who shouted. Which not, that annoyed me. Mid, mid-show. I think that set my brain to like, this is Will Smith, man. It's not some fucking shitty comedian from the UK. I did notice you had a flash of anger in that moment because I knew you you were so into it. You were watching it the way I imagine <coughs> eight-year-old It was an emotional you. moment as right. well. You don't was. like... It was like, uh, t- uh, grasp the moment. And yeah. she went, Will, I am grasping the moment. I flew from Seville and I am here to see you. And everyone was a bit like, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drop you, We're all fucking here to see him. Um, like, you know. No, that was, that was a night. And I think because of that, it set my brain to stun. Not kill. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the end, there was another woman who shouted out and I was like, fucking hell. She was also from the Northeast. No, she wasn't. She was Scottish, but I'll give you that. Um, Northeast of Scotland. She was, she, I was like, oh, fucking hell. There's always one, isn't there? Yeah. Can you not make this about you? Right. We're, we're, we're here to see Will Smith's life story, not yours, pet. I might have picked that up on the microphone. I don't okay. know. It might be funny. And, and I, I was like, fuck's sake. Anyway, Will, Will. Awkward. A bit similar to earlier on, he's like, not the right time, but thank you for coming. And she was like, no, you don't understand. And so he goes over and I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Brian literally turns to me and he goes, I fucking hate this shit. Uh, Why can't these people just shut up? Right. And I was like, yeah. I, she, admit, I did it. Then, then, then the microphone comes to her. She's like, I can't remember word for word. She said, it's, been my, it's on my bucket list to meet you, Will. And I thought, and I was like, mine too. Can I shout that? We, we're all fucking here. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all want a selfie, pal. And then We've she's all like, paid to be... And then she goes, Crack on. that's because uh, I've got cancer. No, two years ago, I beat cancer. Uh-huh. And I thought, two years now, you've sort of let that, you know, no, good, but like, good two years. No, but a, a few people noticed I was like getting frustrated. And then when she mentioned cancer, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So what was that? Can you sh- Sorry, who oh, said that? Who, yeah. Shut up. Let the woman talk. <laughs> Honestly, have you no heart? It's also funny because, yeah, you were complaining. And then when she started talking, you went off. Oh, you literally lent into me and went, I feel bad now. I, did, I, like, like, yeah. I felt terrible. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. And then, and he, then signed something he, he, and... he felt really like warm to her, give right. her a big hug, uh, signed her book, all of that good stuff. And then I was like, fuck me, I wish I had cancer. Jesus, you did. special treatment. <laughs> you did actually say that. I did think to be that fair, was you funny. do need special treatment. When you get I do cancer, think that was yeah. funny, though. Yeah, that was funny. Sorry if I've offended anyone else. I don't I think, think anyone that, out I, there I should you, be offended. It was I a hope joke. You don't think I do want cancer in order to get a signed book by Will Smith. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, <clears> but um, wouldn't use no, it was a lovely moment, and I thought he handled that really well. And that, As did Idris Elba, because Idris Elba also signed the book. Yeah, he did. And what I thought, what I thought, what made me think, is that a plant? was because then Will Smith then went, she's in a giving mood. And I thought, a bit unusual to come off the back of that with that. And he went, and so am I. Here's DJ Jazzy Jeff. And I thought, no way. Is she a plant in the audience who's yeah. been everywhere in Britain going, then, I've got cancer, Matt. Literally, bra comes off, yeah. head comes off. Summer, summer, summer. Uh, and no, Jazzy like, Jeff just walked from backstage. Drums, please. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he performed... You know, the Fresh Prince theme tune. He performed Summertime. It was great. He also did Just the Two of Us to yeah. Piano, which I yeah. thought was really emotional. Oh. What are you doing? Obviously. Babe? Lie down. Come on. Lie down. Just the two of you. Good boy. Um, uh, we've got other stuff to talk about today. Not just uh, That's true, he did. Will Smith. Yeah. Will Smith's actually quite... Remember when he joined YouTube? I sort of resented that a little bit because I felt a little bit like he was a bit like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was more resentful of it when like... Um, 
He started Jack Whitehall did it. <laughs> no, I, I get that. They literally yeah. hammered Jack Whitehall down our throats. No offense. He seems like a nice guy. But did seem like a nice guy. YouTube didn't need to choke us with it. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? Yeah, there was they a point. Like, We've got real celebrities now. <laughs> I was like, come the, on, mate. There's only so many times that I can click not interested. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do that a lot. Yeah, and I, it is tricky. Yes, I do that quite not, a lot. Not as for well. Jack Whitehall, just for like a lot of other people. content. Um, yeah. yeah. The thumbnails make it very easy to click that as well. I don't know what you, what else you want to talk about. I guarantee some of the comments will go, "Oh, we didn't need a full hour on Will Smith. What's yeah, this for?" All right, all right. We've we've gone over. We'll go, we will chop it down. Probably not. Actually, I can't uh, do that. Sam Fender. Hey, yeah. that brings us on to a good one. You took a train ride with Sam Fender. Yeah, I I was at the train station the other day with Biggie, and this kid in a, a coat uh, comes up me with a hood up. I uh, want a photo, does he? No cocaine, please. I'm fine today. <laughs> um, yeah. Just today. Yeah, um, and. Uh, yeah, it was Sam, and uh, we we talked a little bit on messages before, but um, he was going to London, I was going to London. We just sat for three hours chopping it up, and it turns out... Um, he loves I think, Biggie. I think you need out. I think he needs out. Yeah, Biggie needs out. Does Biggie need a, to go to the bathroom? Yes, he does. Right. Um, so... Um, oh, you sexy. And it turns out we grew up 60 seconds away from each other's houses. Wow. But I was... Um, leaving high school as he was going in. But there must have been some crossover when you two lived in the same street. <clears throat> There's no doubt I would have walked past him many times and before as kids. What, what we literally lived on the same street at opposite ends of that street. Basically. Wow. So the connection was there immediately, but more so like he's just cut from the same cloth as me. I felt like, I felt that like... Kinship. Yeah. And like we, we kind of spoke to each other as if we'd known each other forever. It was nice. There's a shorthand, I guess, to people who've grown up on the same... I, I grew up on the same street as a few other guys. Mm. And I bet if I saw them now, we'd just it's be able just, to talk. Yeah, but we came from the same place, but we've got a similar mentality of right. crush it. You know what I mean? Like, let's get the fuck out of this place in terms of like give ourselves a better life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We both have that determined attitude and uh, and he's a special talent. You know what I mean? I, I listened to um, I listened to his songs plenty of times before I met him, but after he described some of his life, I then went back and listened to uh, one of his songs called 17 Going Under. And I was like, whoa, this fucking nails. Growing up in Newcastle, you know, him and his mother, struggling you know you can imagine how I come fucking connected with that and yeah like he is literally just smashing it two number one albums you know and I actually think he's only scratching the surface of what he's capable he's of so as, well. as well for yeah like I was like oh that's a nice chain and he's like yeah he didn't return the compliment Elton uh, Elton John gave it to us I was like grooming what unbelievable <laughs> um and he's like yeah and he just played me a song him and Elton John sang together and I was like no fucking way that's and amazing. Like, he wrote the song and Elton John's singing the song. And, and I'm you like, can tell it. Do you understand? Like, this is a bit like the Will Smith thing. Like, <clears throat> Elton John. Right. Like, forever famous, yeah. icon, legend. What he's done and achieved is like, those songs will be played in a hundred fucking years' yeah. time, you know? Like, and, and in Moulin Rouge. And I'm like, he's singing your lyrics, bro. Like, that is. And you can hear them like riffing in, in the in the in the recording, like just sort of having a little chat. Like, do you think I should? Yeah, I'll take it. Up. Okay, and uh, and then like see his <laughs> pug nose, yeah. pug. You know what he's like, pug. Right, that's good. Uh, but I was like, look, Elton John to me is like a fucking British musical legend. I think it's actually one of my not to make it all about me, but I um I'd love to take my dad to an Elton John concert. Yeah, now. but the tickets 
really expensive. Oh, naturally, yeah, because, I mean, he's just such a fucking talented bloke, you know what I mean? Like, I heard one story about um, someone recording with him once, and he just literally came in, sat at the piano, one take, walked, got up, walked off. Like, there was no rehearsal, there was no after, do we need to tighten that up? Blasted it out, you know what I mean? Love he is that. a pro. That's unusable, a- by the way. Completely unusable as a take. They actually literally went, got all the words wrong, the keys completely off. Fuck it. But a really you'll, great take. You'll get what you're given. I'm Elton fucking John, you little cunt. Gets up, walks out, where's my check? But um, but Sam, yeah. So I, I just remember getting like, we vibed a lot and at the end I gave him a hug and that and I felt like, you know what it is, mate? I hope you fucking do big things. Like, you really are a good kid. And he, he had, he really... I'm not going to go into detail about everything we talked about, but like he opened up a lot and I right. could say like, you know what it is? I'm glad you're getting this because you're not perfect. Mm. You're not going to be perfect coming from where we're from, but you're genuine and you're real. And uh, I could feel that, that he's a good person. Do you mm. know what I mean? I thought, I'm glad you're getting all this because there's a lot of people who get a lot of that and they're not good people and he fucking deserves it. Astro World uh, happened and that obviously has been one of the worst um, things happened in music for quite some time like uh, oh, that sounds know. like a bad review of an album I was going to say do you, I'm going to have to be very specific have you not heard uh, Taylor Swift's new stuff um, it, it's weird um, but yeah the, the event that sadly uh, killed um, what is it now 10 or 11 um, people and injured far more apparently it's uh, one one girl, um, which there was a video of, has been left brain dead from mm-hmm. being dropped as she was being stretched out, which, I mean, fuck me. Just the whole thing was an absolute, like, calamity. And it's it's also led to a lot of investigative journalism. a bad word for this. I mean, no, I think calamity I describes it almost perfectly. Yeah. Like, it was, it was a shit show in terms of behind the scenes. But then what I did find strange is, so there's been all the investigations from, like, New York Times and all these different people. But then there's also been his ex-manager come out. Have you seen that? And that manager was from so long ago, though. So there's a part of me that thinks, did you just get... Do you get fucked or shafted? Well, and you've sort did, of come well, sick the Did he just in. get rid of you because you were a shit manager back in fucking, like, 2013? I think he was with him. I'm like, bro, you probably don't even know him now. Like, Probably not. Like, It must also be terrible for him. Did you see his apology video? Where it, he's... It was, it was poor. It was very poor. How do you judge an apology video nowadays? Like, do you, do you, because first of all, part of me sort of goes, yeah, it's kind of implied that you're sorry for this. I don't know if I need to see you say it. Um, but also I know that your fans might be going, God, we need to hear something from him to know how to feel about so, this collectively. So I'm, I'm of the belief that speaking on video is always better than releasing a shitty little text statement. And I think that... Noted. I will, in future, I think that's that's a really smart thing. No, 100%. Like, yeah. talk, talk, you know, um, if you've done something really bad. Right. Right. Not... Shot a man. Yeah, like, if you've yeah. been involved in this... Or, Encourage the you know, crowd to you've, you've, as well. You've, you've got to talk about it. Because, unfortunately for him, people have gone through his old post and realised that he had multiple times encouraged people to get rowdy as fuck to create carnage at his events and taking pictures of people who'd passed out and posted them but this one didn't make it like glorifying how crazy his concerts were now i'm not insinuating that that meant he wanted this to happen no but people are going to use that shit against you and that's what's happening so you need to come out strong you need to come out and show empathy you need to be like you need to get a hold of this shit human yeah and when he put his video out, I thought that's more like you're suffering from a hangover than 
10 or 11 of your fans have died going to see you. I think it was seven or eight people at the time who passed when he released that Regardless, video, obviously, he knows the severity of the situation. He knows it's terrible. And the way he's just got his hand over his head, like, oh, man. like, And, and then hand off, then hand back on. Oh, man. And I, the hand over the face, to me, was an admission of some guilt because um, you're covering right. your face. Your, and your that eyes. is what people do when in my opinion, like, and I'm not saying he is guilty of anything. I'm saying he felt guilt. Yeah. Um, so on the one hand, I picked up some guilt from that. But on the other hand, his words, his his whole demeanor was like, you know, when like a teenager is being told off, it was sort of that. It was like, come on, you want to shake the fuck out of them and go, oh man, apologize, you fucking prick. Like, and... Th- the way he spoke was just it wasn't good enough like and no no, no words are going to bring back those people but empathy sorrow like really conveying those emotions could go some way to making people feel like you know what it is this must have been awful for you as well you want to give people a good time and this has happened but none of that came through in that video do you feel at all that obviously shock is also part of that and there's someone who's kind of been told to get in front of a camera say something quick and we'll, and we'll get it out because we need to say something and i didn't get shock from that i'm, I'm just being honest like i mean um, yeah that's that's our problem again is similarly to will we don't know no I, Scott, I, I, so all i can go off is. of is what i believe in my skills of uh deduction yeah and yeah it was it was just shit in every way shape and form it was crap yeah so in spite of us wanting to see these things either way it didn't fulfill the purpose it needed to fulfill if 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 we're looking for a 10 out of 10 video and how weird that is to grade uh, apology video but what i'm saying is i'm looking for a 10 in terms of emotion i'm I'm wanting to feel something uh, because you are in a, being painted in the worst possible light here and you need to gain something back. And as as almost as someone who's observing the entertainment industry, I'm, I'm hoping that he can do that for himself because this is going to be really bad otherwise. And it's hard to, it hard was to a swing and a miss, like bro. Like, if, that, if we're looking for a 10, he he delivered a three. I was going to say a four, but the effect. Yeah, yeah, like it was it was flat. It was, eh, you know what I mean? I'm like, this this is... I would equate that to like, yeah, um, Soz. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, a little bit like that. It was like, yeah, Soz about that. Yeah, uh, it was. It was more like he'd released a bad album or something. Like I don't know. It was. It oh, just no. didn't equate. Yeah, to you ha- yeah it's the more level. Like, oh, of, you haven't received your merch on time. I'm so sorry. It, it was a bit right. like that. It yeah. was it, the pain level that these families are going through. And again, nothing's going to take that away. But you've got to come better than that. You've got to have more empathy for the families of the people who went to your concert. And the money that you spent on your concert did not provide them with the safety that they needed to leave at the end of the night. Can I ask? Yeah, I get that. Is it possible? Because you've got a duty of care to your fans when they turn up to make sure that everything is in place. And, and obviously everyone arrives there not thinking... God, I'm going to die tonight or I'm going to try to or I'm going to try and hurt myself. I do remember though we had a kid in our class. Remember when Slipknot was like the thing? Yeah. Everyone is in an offspring hoodie. Everyone wants to go see Slipknot. Everyone's wearing FUBU jeans. That's the time. (laughs) But everyone was into that and there was a few kids in our class that was going to go see Slipknot. I didn't really want to go see Slipknot. I didn't want to get 
injured. For those who don't know, can you do an impression of Slipknot? The Christ compels you. Sorry, Biggie's just jumped out of us. It's all right, boy. You're good. There's no attack. Biggie thinks we're all like... Biggie's like, demon, be gone. Are we barking? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Finally, you're speaking my language. So this kid went and he broke both his arms in the concert. Now, if I was his parent, I'd have been fucking pissed because for weeks I'd have got to feed this fucking kid. He's 14, right? But he came into school two days later. Was he like... Both casts on the arms, couldn't do any work, couldn't do anything. Really, it was like hero status around the whole school. Yeah, Slipknot concert. Yeah, Slipknot concert. Where I think he just fell over afterwards and just broke his arms. But Put his arms out there like Mr. Glass, just brittle. Uh, and our school kind of had a thing about this because another girl had that. But like, that is also... A lack of duty of care there's a mosh pit when you go to a concert i feel like as a culture we kind of idolize going to a concert again absolutely mashed up you know if if there's a culture within it how often are we going to see someone like travis scott come out and go don't come and take drugs at my concert don't so, come and do this so, where so, does yeah, the where's yeah. the line of culture and where does the line of personal responsibility for him stop that's a great question that's what i'm asking i appreciate that and i think like probably more people should think about that before laying all the blame at Travis Scott's feet. You know, the guy is just a performer at the end of the day and the security firms, the production company, they're all involved. It wasn't just him setting the fucking stage up on his own, was it? So (laughs) when I hear that young children have died, when that happens, and we've heard that, I mean, I I can't remember the exact ages, but they were under the age of uh, 16. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking to yourself, fuck were you doing there? You know, like, this ain't like loads of seats and we're watching fucking Spice Girls or right. whatever, fucking Britney Spears. You yeah. Know? This is Astro World. Uh, people are just freely getting hammered, jumping all over the place. Right. It's a fucking, like, there's a difference between like a festival, which is what that looked like. It was labeled as a festival, yeah. yeah. But it's, that's what Astro World is. Right? Exactly. It's that, you know, taking kids to a concert where there's seats and everyone's got their own space, you know, even that can be a bit fucking mad at times. But, a festival like that I'm just like if you're a parent who took your kid there you certainly didn't deserve this to happen to you bloody hell but were you doing the right thing you got to ask yourself that question for the rest of your life unfortunately now because in my opinion I wouldn't even want to go to fucking Glasgow I've told you this it's my worst nightmare absolutely shoved around everyone all over you mud everywhere yeah Yeah. well you know you're pissing and shitting wherever the fuck like the whole experience is my kind of fucking hell right why on earth you take a young child there blows my mind. I've got no idea. But again, unfortunately, there's so much blame to be shared around here. But because it's Travis Scott and he's the big name, and especially because there's racism in the media and a lot of the other reasons that they're going to hate him because he's fucking the Kardashian and he's rich as fuck and all of that, they're going to try and go after him now. And uh, that's kind of why I had a little bit of empathy for him, hoping that the video would have done something to help him. Right. And all it did was make me think, nah, I don't know, like maybe fuck you actually. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> It made me feel more neutral than I wanted to feel. It actually made me not song. want to listen to his music afterwards because I actually do appreciate some of his songs. It's tainted in that sense. Yeah, and it just made me go, you know, do I want to listen to a kind of guy who hasn't got the, the brain about him to know how to show empathy when something this catastroph- catastrophic happens? It's mm-hmm. like... You're creative. You're clearly smart. People think you're a genius. You got a night doing these trainers with you all that. But yet, when it's time to show emotional intelligence, you're found lacking. And I don't, you know, Goosebumps might be a tune. 
But I don't really want to listen to it right now because of that. You know what I mean? McDonald's like, did a collaboration with this guy. I think yeah, he, he was really he had every in. brand in the palm of his hand. And yeah. he now his career will never be the same again. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he can't. If there's one thing music has taught us, you make hit music, they'll forgive you for anything. Michael Jackson is a classic example. Paid a child tens of millions of pounds to not go to trial and people forgave him because didn't, smooth didn't criminal he, and all of that. Didn't need to forgive him because he didn't had, do had, it. Had, had more trials later on for the same thing. Didn't, still. still not, did, was he I'm, ever found guilty, Brian? That's my only question. Yeah, so, well, was he, well, did he go to trial? No, well, he paid 20 million to the child. Did he need to? Because yeah. so... Hit music gets you out of everything, it seems. So it certainly we'll does. We'll see. You know what I mean? Although it doesn't seem that hit music gets you out of a marriage with Kim Kardashian. <clears throat> Kanye West still claiming that he's married to Kim Kardashian while she's dating Pete Davidson. And Pete Davidson is the guy who ruined the uh, Jake Paul thing, just so people know. Right. So Pete has been through some of the most iconic women of the modern age. Well, Sleeping with Kim Kardashian. He yeah. slept with Ariana Grande, That's obviously. That's the one, yes. Uh, we don't know the others. Very different women, though. I mean, you couldn't go more from, like, very so, skinny yeah, very to, yeah. uh, I, guess, I guess we'd describe Kim Kardashian as fake thick, but thick. She's thick, not thick, thick, she's but she's thick, curvy. She's curvy. Well, there's some real, real curves. There. Well, we we know that the fat comes from one part of the body and goes somewhere else. So it's all her fat, but we don't know if it would have naturally deposited itself in those exact areas. Well, definitely wouldn't have. Um, right. But yeah, um, that's a very interesting word to drop there. But big old butt, and God, do I enjoy her body? Do you but, think Kim Kardashian's body is attractive? It's it's attractive, but it makes me feel weird. Like, so if I was to describe sort of like the ideal body of mm -hmm. a woman, it wouldn't be hers. But what would it be? Well, it would have elements of that. You know, do you I mean? like that? You know, the bigger woman, um, uh, the model Ashley Graham. She's a bit uh, thicker, Absolutely. a bit bigger. Absolutely. So you like no, girls to be a little bit more voluptuous. You I'm, don't want I'm, them necessarily to all be self-contained. I'm talking about like... Um, you oh, like a little belly, oh, oh. a little... But yeah, I, and I do appreciate that. So when I see a woman who's kind of got the butt and kind of got the boobs, and but the legs are really skinny and the waist is skinny, it just looks weird to me. Right. But I can still appreciate the arse, mm -hmm. but it just looks weird. Unusual. I'd rather have <coughs> thicker... Right. You know what I mean? But anyway, that's not that I'm batting Kim Kardashian away, am I? Not my problem. Hell, she's fallen from grace with this guy, so maybe. <laughs> it is an unusual turn so, for Dude, her. she I went mean, from like NFL player, NBA player, Kanye West to, you know, a comedian who's... Which shows you can... He's all right. I he's mean, an all right comedian. He must have a she good She should have went for Tim Dillon. That is one curvy man, although I don't think he... Uh, she is his type, if that yeah. makes sense. I think good Tim Bats... Bats for the other team. I'd imagine he's much more into Rob. The fact that Kim is now going with the comedian. Variety. It, it, I, I, I feel like she's just sort of like, you know what it is? I've had all these kids with this guy. I'm forever linked with Kanye. I'm just going to get some dick. From she can't Pete be serious Davidson. about this guy. This is not, not serious. No, she's having fun. The guy's funny. Right. Apparently he's, he's good that, shag. He's that friend uh, date that you sort of use to go, right. He's not going to cause problems for Kanye because he's not a hard man. He's a he? good rebound, yeah. so to speak. He's sort of... She's slumming it with some white trash. Right. And she's sort of going, oh, I want a bit of a taste of this. The family probably like having him around because he's a bit of levity, you know, because yeah. it can get quite 
quite but uh, when you've been with someone who takes heavy them, yeah takes themselves so seriously like Kanye to them going with a comedian who takes nothing seriously right. probably a bit of a relief for us what Kim maybe needs to realise is this could be all his material for his next stand up like literally like so well, well, see her ass no no right? I, I don't think so because, well unless she okays it because apparently part of the reason it went well for him with that Grande Ariana Grande is because he was like very much like Keep it low. Yeah. Right. Which is the way it should be. And I suppose if you are, you know, if you have sex with Kim Kardashian, and I mean, I mean this in the most general way, it's a bit like having sex with Princess Diana. <coughs> only, only much like. A thicker. Uh, but what I mean. I mean, just it, in, in what way, bro? What I mean is like your fucking history. <laughs> no, but like Princess Diana was like. Princess Diana. Like, we can't Sure, compare. I get it. But what I mean, I, I'm trying to think of another woman who's so significant. Marilyn Monroe. Right. Okay. A yeah, Marilyn one. Monroe. That's probably better, a good one. Or one. actually, no, maybe not. Like, not on the level, but. Um, Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson. Yeah. yeah it's like fucking the modern day Pamela Anderson, right? Yeah. Maybe a little bit more famous. Uh, Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson, done, like, for those who don't know, was a woman who got famous in the 90s once again. It's been about in the 90s, a show I like this. Um, uh, she was on a, sh- a show called Baywatch where she ran along the sand in a bikini. She was in Playboy. And her boobs would bounce. She was and in Playboy. She was one of the first women to sort of make fake boobs mainstream in that way. Yeah, the first like influencer chick who like right. pretended to look fit, but really it was just like... She was Love Island boobs. before Love Island and those kind of things, but yeah. Baywatch. But the point is, if you fuck Kim Kardashian, you are basically history now. It's the same as if you fuck Marilyn Monroe. It's the same. Maybe Diana's another level because she did the whole AIDS thing. But I still feel like if you fuck those women... <laughs> she, she helped people who had AIDS. Well, she was the first woman in the world. Do you remember when AIDS was like massive? I remember. Um, it was the thing. Um, <laughs> it was all the rage. It was all the rage. It was. My <laughs> Everyone aunt, was singing it. So do you know what's interesting? And my aunt came to visit me the other day. My aunt was in Guatemala when AIDS was really like ravaging through the world. She set up um, a clinic in Guatemala when AIDS was like a thing. And she went like to talk to the UN. And I was like, wow. You know, when you hear a thing about your family where you're like, where the fuck did this come from? Why mm. don't you tell me this? Makes your, your sort of little podcast gig seem Seems pretty shit. shit. But I was like, but how many Instagram how many likes have you got, you love? Get? Yeah, so, none. So maybe she really come happen? as a guest. Yeah, if, did, if people don't, didn't like the picture of it, did it really happen? Exactly. Maybe I'll post a photo of her and see how many likes it gets. She was incredibly beautiful when she was younger. Anyway, the point is... Just give the picture to me. If you... No. If, if you fuck Kim Kardashian... All I'm thinking about now is that porno, the Ray J one. Right. Uh, but with... Kim. Yeah. Yeah. Not my aunt. No. Yes. Her just bo- checking. Her, she looked hot in that. I'll give her that. Did you, you know, think Kim Kardashian was attractive? Oh, I thought then? she was. Re- I, I thought she was more beautiful when she was younger, younger because she looked more natural, and that to me is a bit more appealing. It's not that I've got anything against surgery because you do you, and if that's what you need to feel better about your life, go for it. But at the same time, I just feel like she's taken it to such a place where. She's got to be careful because you don't want to end up looking like one of those people with plastic faces. You know what I mean? It's Caitlin bit, and Chris. It's a bit much, isn't it? Um, Anyways, if the real world wasn't um, sort of shit enough, it's a great real world, isn't it? We want to create another world now. Well, do we? Or did Facebook just want to create another world that they can monetize? They've made Facebook have changed their name to Meta. Uh, it's the beginning of something, this, isn't it? Yeah. It's I don't a know long-term like strategy, it. but it's a player from them. 
The irony is they've launched the metaverse, so we need to have a meta conversation. The whole company now is called Meta. So the people who own Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, WhatsApp yeah. and all that other bollocks that goes along with it, uh, uh, Oculus, stuff like that, they're going to make a metaverse, which they claim is Web 3.0. Now, why the fuck would we trust the people who fucked up Web 2.0 to manage Web 3.0 is my main question. You know, Facebook ain't all that good. Instagram, you bought it, you managed to fuck it. WhatsApp... Could you take some of the things in yeah, iMessage so, so, and just put it in? Yeah, so Facebook and Instagram are dying a death, in my opinion. Yes, people are still using them. I get that. But really, it, it's moving away from that, right? It's down now. to a lack of alternative, they, really, they, they, can, they can probably say that that's in, on the cards. Right. So they're trying to turn a corner now and predict the next wave. And they're like, I know. This. Metaverse. Yeah. People in the in the digital world, are, they're merging, aren't they? Like, we're, our phones are attached to our hands, but eventually they're thinking it's going to become more of an experience than what it is right now, which makes sense, logically. Curated. However, I think they're sort of running before they can walk, you know, like uh, they're trying to make something that's a virtual reality world, in, but in reality is crap. You know, what I've seen in that video from Zuckerberg... It was like, yeah, well, all right. It's, yeah. well, it underwhelms me not, a bit. I'm not desperate to go and be a part of this shit. And that's the problem he's got is he's got to sell this as a, a great experience. And I think if you want someone to sell something, Mark Zuckerberg would be the last person you'd ask to do that. You know, they should have hired some big celebrity to do that. He's dog shit at speaking. Well, that's what um, in particular we, we, remember, um, we remember Steve Jobs for. Yeah. And an inspirational, affable, real person who felt inspirational. Whereas, yeah, so Zuckerberg's the tech guy who can't sell, whereas it, Steve Jobs didn't wasn't that techy by no. the sounds of it, but knew that what people would like, understood how to sell it. Right, he was a genius in a different way. Right, and he wasn't the he wasn't the coder. He was the guy who went exactly. Try it like this. Fuck me, you don't get the, the, the tech guy to do that. But the, the point is, it's just not a good product. And that's the problem that they're going to have, in my opinion, is... What, playing chess with your friend in Puerto Rico oh, wow. isn't tempting you into the metaverse? But, uh, not only that, it's a classic example of where you're watching a video of an experience and you know that your experience of that real world or whatever they're cry trying to build is going to be nothing like that. It's like right. watching a cutscene for a game and knowing that ain't going to be the gameplay. Right, not the actual gameplay. Yeah, yeah. where you're looking at like a hologram of a guy sitting there playing chess. Like, no, that's not going to be what it's like. We right. all know that. Although you I've and I... have been sold enough shit games by Everyone. Ubisoft in them. Right. Great trailers, to terrible games. Soft. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do still think, though, I was impressed. Do you remember when we tried that Oculus thing with the Pokestars? Hmm. It was fun. It was fun. But in no way or, or, or am I, I going to say that that is going to become my everyday living experience, which is what people are trying to suggest this will be. Are you behind the... Are we... Uh, are we behind the curve? No. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that... Good. All right. <laughs> I'll I tell you why. Now. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because technology is behind the curve. The type of technology that we're going to need to be at is insane in order for people to really invest in this the way they claim. Right. And that's not going to happen. Like, yeah. you know, it's take with what we've been waiting fucking nine years for Grand Theft Auto for fuck's sake or whatever. <laughs> I love what, that's your yardstick you know, the, for everything. The, the, the point is though, is like, what I mean is, is like, when you play Grand Theft Auto 5, for example, which is the closest thing we have in gaming to a living, breathing world, the pop-up, the, the, the how, how bad the game is in certain areas, and because of technology, they're still struggling to like 
evolve that as well right. and make the new version of it because you know and this is the the best game creating company in the world apparently you know um so my faith in facebook or whoever the f- meta to do this is very low my concern with facebook is they could barely manage facebook which yeah. was a 2d scrollable news feed where every now and again your mum pops up and goes hello i thought you might like this article yeah. or your aunt goes and pictures of the fucking grandkids literally whatever, yeah. and i yeah that's why i'm not on facebook i don't so, give a shit exactly exactly same so I, look, I think it's a lofty idea and I get that they're trying to be ahead of the curve and gather up all these people for a new experience. They're but, investing a uh, lot, Brian. A four, there's billions already been put it, into bro. it. Like, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to use a chess app to play chess. They're not going to use your app to play chess. But what if the chess app goes, cool, we will make an app that works in that universe. That's still quite a way off, isn't it? it That's like, for me, that feels like, I get, years off. You know, you said Nike are trademarking things within the metaverse and all that. Yeah. It's like, uh, w- whatever. But the, they would, though, wouldn't we're they? Not, we're not in that. The world isn't that place yet. So he's thinking, like, this is like the idea of this being a reality for me is 100 years away. I think we're, we're miles away from this being a reality. Bearing in mind, right, since we were kids, we've gone from Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario Amazing. to the games we're playing now. Relatively, that. That has been a huge jump, but not mind-blowing to me. We're talking about something that would have to be mind-blowing. But so think of it this way. Go 10 years before that, maybe 15 years before that, you're going from like Pong... And then before that, you're going from non-interactive. The problem, the problem the with the theory place. is is that the rate of growth in technology is always quicker at the start. Now we're seeing so the jump from PlayStation One to PlayStation Two was gigantic. Yeah. Now the jump from PS4 to PS5 has been actually minimal, almost a letdown. Even sure, I, like you really, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say it to anyone. Oh, you definitely need to get one. It's like eh, it's a little better. It's, we, it's the same thing goes faster. Are we judging? Which I love. Are we judging that from a consumer perspective? Whereas actually, they're, to, they're talking all about technology though. All cars, yeah, phones. It, initially, it goes really, really, really fast, and then eventually, you get to a point where the iPhone, you know, ten is pretty much quite similar to the iPhone twelve or whatever. Like every iPhone's Wrong. growth has been. Less than the last one. Sure, I get. That. I mean, I'm sure there's like one or two seem, that I'm wrong on, but you get the. But point. that seems more like consumerism. They're basically trying to slow things down because they. What I don't think learned. they're slowing anything down. I think it's, it's natural that, technology you can only push the limits as quick as the brain can can allow it to. You know, so like, limited by humans. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's the problem that they're going to face. In my opinion, is like, that. look at where we are. You know, this idea that people are going to sit on the couch all day with a fucking Oculus Rift on their head and live out a life. It's just nonsense. Do some people not want that? Some people almost want that because (coughs) their reality or where they feel they sit in their life now is hard. They'd rather sit in an Oculus Rift for. Yeah, I watched Logan speak about it and he was like, you know, this is inevitable. And I I don't. I've got to admit, it does feel that way. I don't deny that we're we're merging with technology and, you know, 500 to 1,000 years into the future, probably we will have elements of our body even that may be. It's not the full body. Yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? But but like I say, they're just like. You're shooting for the moon here and you're going to fall very short, in my opinion. Yeah, so it does feel, this feels like the first try at that. So yeah. this feels, this is the Sega Mega Drive version of what we, we want PS5. But, but, well, we want PS6, PS5's not Yeah, really I think the, the, like, the likelihood is, is, you know, that they're just, 
it, they're not that guy. And like you say, mm. like they they made a news feed, like uh, and they struggled with that at times. You well, know they fucked I mean? that up. They they made that manipulable. They definitely made Instagram ten times worse than it was. And also, why would I want to go into a world where I feel that uh, like we've already shown that Facebook can manipulate people's views on the left, on the right, in the center, any of those people? You can put an ad or you can put whatever in, and you can influence. Well, that's what this is about. This, is, this is about power and control. Yeah, this is about Zuckerberg wanting to be there first, in my mm-hmm. opinion. He wants to be ahead of the ahead of the game, invite people into this new thing. Yeah. And if you create the world that everyone lives in, which is the goal of this app, then you are God. And that is what he wants to be. And and yes, you can break it down into then he can gain more data from people and then serve them with more specific ads, which are then given money. But sure. what it mu- it's all about power. Mm-hmm. That is what he wants to be. He wants to be the most powerful guy in the world. And you know that that is really weird and unhealthy i think and all, and i think it's unhealthy that there's an opportunity for him to do that because people are so sad within their own lives that they would rather live in a life that is a fake reality and that is the goal of this whereas gaming is an escape from reality some people get too deep into that and they end up wasting a lot of their life gaming i'm not talking about competitive gamers here i'm just talking about people who are yeah, nah, just wasting time. Even right? then, though, I mean, thing. you've still got sort of a semi-argument. For- um, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Relax. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, we played games yesterday. We make money. But, but there's got to be a healthy balance where you right. want to experience. Like, you know, like there was that Black Mirror episode where the guys were in that fake real game and, you know, they had a relationship and all that. Like, Did you fantasize about that as well? No, but... No. <laughs> yeah, it was totally me and you, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. But I, d- I just thought, like it's worrying that people are so sick of their reality that they are looking to potentially escape it to that level. So here's my question. Do you think that people, maybe in in 10 years time, will look back on a podcast like this and go, huh, they were so negative about that. And now we live 50-50 in the metaverse. We live, you know, I spend half my day, 12 hours a day. I don't go to school. I just put the Oculus Rift on and I, you know, I'm in my classroom. Well, it it brings the question kind of back to uh, the Matrix, which is like uh, uh, the guy who's been brought into the real world. He took the red pill. Why, oh, why didn't I take the blue pill? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he says, I regret it because... I didn't know any different when I was in the fake world anyway, mm-hmm. and I was happier there. So why not just be happier? But but that but, that speaks to exactly what the subject is, right? And I think I'll probably just cut you off from making that exact point. No, no, it's cool. Oh. Go for it. Well, I was going to say the exact subject of that is the avoidance of reality, uh, the avoidance of that's truth, the problem for and me. the avoidance of... In the in the real world, he's avoiding pain. He's living quite a sort of neutral life where he doesn't particularly feel much. Mm. But then when he has to go and look in the place where he doesn't want to look, which is reality, the real thing that powers everything, he feels pain. He has to go through a journey. Well, there's the, the danger of that because ultimately, like right now, you've got people who use drugs and use booze to escape the pain. And, you know while technology may feel like a healthier version of that, it's still an escape and there's still unhealthy things about it. And, it and I don't, I'm not one of these people that, you know, I hate these gurus who think you have to live your life perfectly and not escape pain and not right. escape reality sometimes because sometimes you fucking need to. And I've been there. You need relief. But permanently, it's a worrying thing to encourage. Too when much of anything. From, from, from a big company that should be being responsible what they're saying is no we want you all the time every day you can live in this world you can be in this world you don't have to do your real life and that to me is crazy 
Yeah. And Zuckerberg is crazy. So I do think Mark Zuckerberg and uh, is it Jack from Twitter Whatever. and those kind of people, they live in... I don't know them, uh, but I've seen their interviews. So my perception of them... Well, the way, they, the way they, their apps work... Uh, they're cunts Not so they, good they don't, they don't care about people And that's something right. that comes across crystal clear In the actions of these people But they've got the they've mass They've not built things that are good for people But what they've managed to do is get the mass audience to go there And in this universe, not the metaverse They've managed to build uh, sort of meta societies Which is strange They've almost created cancel culture They've almost created, you know, fake news They've created a lot of um, human trends Which have led us to this point, right? But I do feel like they live, like you said, in Disneyland, in a place where it's like, from their perspective, they're meeting on a daily basis with all these other people who live in like utopian <coughs> dreams. And if I'm honest, um, how can I relate this back? They're living in a place where they go, we're trying to forward the human race. We think, like Elon Musk, we can integrate a bit of technology into you that means you don't need to wear headphones. That means you don't need to do Googling anymore. You can just think it and a computer will do some work and then it'll feed it into your brain. Or, you know, you can get your kettle to turn on just by thinking it. Those kind of things. Or you can operate another arm or whatever. Or you can operate your laptop just by thinking. And they're trying to integrate and they're going, that forwards, the, in their minds, they've convinced themselves they're helping and, and th this whole thing is, is all happening at the same time as governments around the world are taking more control than we've ever felt right. okay. in, our, in our life and, sure. and, and probably for a, a, hundreds of years because, the, because through the technology, they can, they, can, they can keep track of things. They can find out more about you. Where yada, were you yada. at this time? Have you what taken you this vaccine? Yeah. If not, you may get locked down or whatever. All these things that we're hearing now. And... It's a conspiracy theorist wet dream. This whole, the, all of this that we're sure. hearing, the the level of intrusion that people are being subjected to, and not just from the government, but from people who agree with the government. It, 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 uh. Or just so, or also from people who have enough government, uh, who have enough money, mm. they can rival the government. Mm. So this is the point. Also, these people, Mark Zuckerberg, Tesla. Uh, and they're all, they're all probably more powerful than governments. Apple. So, yeah. They all have enough money, and Google, they all have enough money, information, and know-how to rival any government. Well, they're, they're actually bigger than government, if you think, because they're, they're in the hands of everyone around the world. And not only that, but they have more pull than the government because their regulations are very different. If you want to go and work for the government, you can get paid a base salary or you can get paid this or whatever. Go work for Google. Go, put, go work for Facebook. You set your own salary. Cool, we'll pay you three million a year to do this. Mm. For the government, you don't get paid that because there's gradings as, of as pay. As I get older, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the urge more and more to like... Go and live in Puerto Rico. Like, like just... When, when, my, when I talked to John Fury, I was like, yeah, I get why you're like that because... <laughs> It's, it's the level of when you open your phone, you're being, whether you realize it or not, when you're in Twitter, it, like when COVID happened, for example, you click on Twitter, you click on YouTube, there's all these messages everywhere about it. Sure. It's everywhere. You, it was unavoidable. Like, and, and I'm not using COVID as a thing of, um, I'm against that. I'm just saying uh, for an example, whenever you open these apps, you're constantly being penetrated by information and that information is designed to get you to behave a certain way a lot of the time. Sure. And it's making me feel like I want to push away. Right. And if it wasn't for the fact that this is my job and I care about the work and without people watching, there's no way of 
generating you know, getting an income and being able to carry on I'd have opted out of this whole thing I'd probably like have an old phone with like no a Nokia 3210 you've got my number that's yeah. what it'd be you know what I mean I'm not you and John Fury living on the coast looking out to sea just going let's go and catch some fish shall we Brian let's go I, I, mean, I mean no but like I'm I f- I'm, I'm I can feel this isn't good. Like uh, my, my, or at least, uh, and I don't think I'm against change, but this change is all about gaining control over people. And there are so many people fighting out there for that control that this is Mark Zuckerberg's early go of it. And I think it'll fail, but someone somewhere the is next going generation. to create yeah. that thing and it will be more controlling and it will be, you can see the way, the way, social media has been weaponized by you know our governments to control people around this last few years it's been amazing it's been such an eye-opener and i think a lot of people don't really care because they see it as a force for good but the point i'm making more so is but it can also be used as a force for bad and that is a worry because take freedom for example when people's freedoms were removed away from them and said all right this is for your own good fair enough but the fact that we're unable to challenge it makes me worry about what if it wasn't for our own good and you just told us like I'm, I'm not using this example mean? I'm t- meaning for the foreseeable future <coughs> the government now have given themselves the right to stop you from protesting to keep you in your house to to do all these things and go no no you to you, find you you to don't do whatever, get yeah. to say and this is all an attack in my opinion on our freedom to think our freedom to do what we want and express you know? ourselves yeah because by keeping us in an app like that or by trying to get us to be the way we are with our phones, with uh, uh, headgear or whatever we put on to experience this, it's just gonna suck people in more and more and more and get, and, and take them further away from where we were after the war, for example, where people felt really free, people could get on with their own lives. You didn't have to, like, you know, for a pol- police officer to catch you doing any wrongdoing was pretty fucking hard. Pretty tricky. You know, and don't get me wrong, there are many benefits of that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is... And is negatives. Your, our freedoms are under threat, and that is something that is definitely becoming more clear to me as life goes on. I think I can understand that, and I, I, I get that. I get the excitement as well uh, around this, because I remember but, when <laughs> when the internet first launched. Well, it's not sold like that. It's obviously sold like, we can make your life easier. Well, it's sold in the Streamlining. same way. Weirdly, it, the same rhetoric we used to, serve, to sell the original internet with Tim Berners-Lee and all those people who made the internet, and we're talking about freedom, we're talking about how this would free us. You know, it's democratized. <clears throat> it's democratization of thought and... Uh, and, and that's what it was. Access and, to books. And they, and were, they were right. But like everything, when the government, when the government realise, or the people who want power realise, oh shit, people are communicating through this and using it to express themselves and do whatever they want. As we remember the internet was ri- originally, it is unrecognisable now. Yeah. Well, the same, the same Even in the last five years, it's unrecognisable almost. Well, that's what's interesting. Apart, I think apart from Google, which I don't think was a, obviously a platform before the internet, the same companies that you, uh, used to own traditional media, your newspapers, your uh, TVs, your radios, They're buying it all. own the biggest companies and the biggest hubs <laughs> on the internet. Because I think the idea of the internet is a very different thing to the practicality of 
the product of the internet and those two things are separate but weirdly we're sold like we always get fucking sold every time a new platform launches they use abraham lincoln's words of the people by the people for the people and people always get suckered in and tell everyone how fucking great it is and how brilliant same on youtube like it's the same people go well it's the people's platform it used to be people decide what they want to watch they took that away and 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 then you know the guidelines and advertisers and government and everything came on and now like you know a few swear words you're demonetized and all right. of that so you're bl- you're blacklisted yeah or, there's all sorts know. of shit happening and so. that's part of the problem is it isn't the same and the same so whatever they're selling us is what i'm saying right it, be it, critical it, of it originally oh you can do this you can do that but long term this gives them so much more power to control you by creating a whole entire sure. world it ain't just an app at that point it's a world but can you have sex in the app that's a, that's why they'll get us on there. That'll be the first one in the queue. It is so, but sure. it is sort of like. Do you remember when? So there's. Uh, Have you ever seen um, Demolition Man? Yeah, where and, he puts the helmet on. Right. And, uh, Sandra Bullock puts the helmet on, and he's like, "Well, I thought we were going to shag." Yeah. And it's in the future, and like they just make all these sex noises, and you see them like. Oh. And then the Total Recall and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but that and didn't have Sandra Bullock. No, it did have she was, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't realise how stunning she was in her prime until I watched her that prime. film later on. Wow. Well, you could just when re- I was a kid, I was like... You could recreate yeah, Sandra the Bullock. Chick, but you, it's, it's Rocky. You know? But you could recreate Sandra Bullock in the metaverse and you know you could ha- live on a farm with her. Oh, anyway, point. the world's coming to an end. Uh, they're <clears> trying to control you. Ironically, have a good day. Will Smith's the only one who can save us. Men in black, we need him. What does that stand for? Men in black. Here come the MLBs. Uh, 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 uh. Galaxy Defenders. What? What's the galaxy? Oh, it's within the universe. What? It's within the metaverse. I also watched a podcast uh, clip from a Rogan podcast ages ago, oh. where the guy was like, "Yeah, there's probably billions of galaxies out there, trillions, in fact." Yeah. And it just like even just hearing that, I was like, "It's cool, isn't it?" Wow. Okay. Makes you feel. Um, yeah. Thanks for all the support. Sorry, it's been a while. Uh, we have got to um, Jim Shark. We've got to. Having said that. I just wanted to see how many times you could get uh, Elliot, Elliot with go. mouth Black Friday Black Friday um, It's Black Friday Gym sales shark. right now with Gymshark up to 70% off on selected items <laughs> the link for that is in the description below whenever you shop using our link it makes us look good we don't get any money out of it or anything like that but obviously it, it helps and, and you know we're not peddling crap here this is like the best sports gear in the world it's so really hopefully good. you enjoy it and um yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for sitting with us for a couple of hours, having a good old fucking chin wag. It's been nice to chat to you. Maybe we let could... us know any guests that you want to see in the comments, unless they're YouTubers, unless they're someone in the metaverse. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace.